that our cup runneth over, Lord, as we worship you, as we praise you, as we say thank you. Lord, move Tracy out the way and allow there to be an overflow of your anointing, an overflow of your presence. Lord, speak through the Holy Spirit. Speak. Do it in such a way that we know that it's you. Speak to the innermost part of our beings and let us hear you. Speak to us, challenge us, love us, heal us. Lord, Lord, meet us where we are and take us where you want us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. We are coming and we're coming still out of the 23rd Psalms. Hallelujah. This is Sermon 14. I, I, I bet you didn't know there was that much in the 23rd Psalm. And I'm sure there's more that I haven't touched on. We are still working out of verse 5 and 6 out of the Amplified. Amen. The title of the sermon this morning is Living Life in the Overflow. Hallelujah. And turn to your neighbor and say, I want to live in his overflow. I want to live in his overflow. Amen. It reads as such in our hearing. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anointed my head with oil. My brimming cup or my cup runs over. Surely our only goodness and mercy and your unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. Let's stop there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My brother and sister, I believe that God wants us to live life in his overflow. In his overflow. And many times, even though we are saved, most of us don't have no idea what God's overflow is. We have no idea what it feels like because we are still stuck. Saved but not delivered. Saved but not chasing him. Saved but still stuck with stuff in our hearts that prevents us from experiencing, from living in the overflow. And that's the trick of the devil. That's really Satan doing that. Listen, from the beginning, God is trying to get us back. Listen, he prepared a place called Eden. Eden, it is really what it means is place of pleasure. Hallelujah. Now, you got to understand, in this place of pleasure, what God is doing, he said, I want you to have everything. There was no evil. There was no pain. There was no suffering. Satan couldn't even get into their thinking. Hallelujah. In this place, Adam Eve was kingdom children, God's children, and he came in the cool of the day every day, and they ran to him like little children, and he shared with them himself. He was the center point. He was the one that gave them joy. They enjoyed the pleasure of eating, but their source was God. 
Hallelujah. Satan came and the reason why he talked through a serpent was because he couldn't get into their thinking. Question it. Well, why did God allow it? Because God has to give us choice. If you love somebody, you want them to love you because they choose to, not because they have to. Choice is, 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 is a byproduct of love. That if you're going to love from a free will, God don't want you to love him because you're afraid of it. He wants you to love him because you recognize he loves you. You recognize he's good all the time. That you have tasted of his goodness and your heart responds to his goodness. Amen. Amen. Watch this. It's John 10, 10, where it says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That means Satan comes to steal what God intended. Steal what he has for you. He wants you to keep your mind on other things and not truly see Jesus. Not really follow him. It is the shepherd who calls each sheep by name. And in that calling him into a prepared place, he anoints him with oil, checks him out, binds up his womb. In that care, in that intimacy, the sheep falls deeper in love with the shepherd because the shepherd is loving on him. Jesus said, he said, the sheep know me by, I, they know me, they know my voice. Another one that calls them, they won't go. Do you know the voice of God? Do you know when God is talking to you? Have you got intimate with him that when he speaks, you know it's God? It's not yourself, it's not the world, it's not said, but his voice is separate from everybody else's voice. That means that God wants to minister to you God wants to meet you where you are. Take all your cares. Take all your pain. Take all your situations in him. He is faithful. He is good. He will speak to you. Listen, he knows you better than anybody else. He knows you better than you know yourself. A shepherd knows the name of each sheep and he calls them by name. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, he knows my name. He knows my name. He's called me by my name. Oh, yes, he will. Oh, yes, he does. In this anointing, in this separate taking care of, in this intimate moment, the sheep heart overflows. I said last week that in this time and even now, in the eastern countries, what they would do is if you are a guest, how you know that they want you to be there, that as your cup gets low, they keep on overflowing it till it runneth over. And this is what they're saying. I'm happy with your presence. I want you to continue to sup with me. Now watch this. When the cup runs empty, it's saying, I'm ready for you to go. <laughs> you know, with God, he always wants to overrun your cup. With God, if you know him, God, God it's not us, not us seeking to suck with him. It's him seeking to suck with us. 
He says in Revelation chapter 3, as he talked to the church of Laodicea, he says, I'm standing at the door knocking. You are something with somebody else. You are eating with somebody else. Can I share with you? If we are not allowing God to overflow our hearts, something else is. Listen, you are going to attempt to fill your heart with something. You are going to allow something to overflow. If it's not Jesus, if it's not our Savior, if it's not our Shepherd, if it's not our Lord, it's something else, it's somebody else that we're trying to get them to overflow our cup, to satisfy us, to make us okay, to make us feel of value, to, to, to define validation someplace else. I came today to say that the overflow is that he values you. He, 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 he loves you, that you are of worth, you are of value. He loved you so much that he gave himself for you. And he will sup with you and show you who you are in him. Hallelujah. If you're looking for life to do that, it's, it came. If you're looking for other people to do that, it came. If, if you are allowing life disappointments, life hurts to, to bring you down, then you're looking in the wrong direction. It's amazing. It's amazing how the Lord will meet you in your situation and give you what you need without changing your situation. It's amazing how you can be in a storm and God will find a quiet place in your storm and call him to you. Oh, it's amazing how God will not remove the problem, but he will insulate you from the problem. It's amazing how God will give you joy when you overflow, when trouble is all around you. Hey, listen, you don't have to wait till the pandemic is over. Listen, Trump or no Trump, pandemic or no pandemic, trouble or no trouble. Our God is a bad enough God to step into your situation and give you peace, give you joy, give you satisfaction to let you know it's him. Peter is, is called on the boat to walk on a stormy sea. The waves are gone. The, the wind is gone. And as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, the elements had no power over him. Did you know as, as a child, if you keep your eyes on him, it doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter what people think about you. Did you know that God will give you a sense of who you are, that you can love people who don't love you? Did you know that you can be a blessing to people who talk about you? My, my, my God, my God, my God, he is the one who makes us who we are. He's the one who tells you and makes you feel special. You are his work of art. You are his work. Look at, look at Deuteronomy 30. God always gives choices. He says to them in Deuteronomy 30, 15, he says, this day I have set before you 
life or death, I set before you blessings and curse. This is what he said. He said, when you come to me and do life my way, I will give you life overflowing from the inside. When you do it the world's way, the end result is you're going to die emotionally. You're going to die because it can't satisfy you. Funny that in, 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 in Psalms 2, and this won't come up on the screen, this is what it says. He said, and the kings of the earth says, cut his bonds, cut, cut, cut his cords from him. You know what they say? We don't want to be accountable to you. We want to do what we want to do. Let me speak to somebody. You know when you thought you was doing what you thought you was big and bad enough to do, it became a bondage. And you realize that what you thought you was big and bad enough to do wasn't freedom. It was literally a deception. And you got caught up in a situation that eventually going to turn bad. And instead of pouring into you, it took out of you. Oh, y'all, 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 y'all quiet on me. Because I know we all been there. Have you ever been in a relationship that God told you was bad, but you went into it anyway? And, and it wasn't too long till you realize this thing is killing me. Because instead of it pouring into me, it's taken out of me. My, my, I, I got to tell us that, that we are looking at the wrong things. We are chasing the wrong thing. If you really want to know what life overflowing is, is Jesus as our source. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, he is. That's why Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, then all these other things that pertain to life will be added. You know what he's saying? He said, it's not in the icing. He said, you need to go get some cake. He said, I'm the cake. Everything else is the icing. I don't mind you having the icing, but you can't make the icing the cake. If you eat enough icing, it will kill you. It would give you sugar diabetes. It, it, would, it would kill you. He said, but I am what you need. Then from me will come everything else. It is proper alignment. When you have Jesus, if it starts with Jesus, ends with Jesus, and then everything else is aligned to Jesus, then what happens is it doesn't become a bondage it becomes a pleasure. Hallelujah. Look at what we touched on last week. Matthew 18, verses 21, 22. It is that, it is that, it is that servant again. 35, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But, but it's that servant who has been forgiven. And if we do the math, He's been forgiven something like $10 million. $10 million. Counsel. He was shown mercy. He was shown grace. His master said, you don't owe me no more. I'm, I'm counseling it off the books. 
when you accepted Jesus Christ, you know what he did? He counseled our debt, our sin debt off the book. He blotted it out by his blood. You know, you know remember that stuff called white out? That you were whited out? The problem is when you turn the paper around, you can still see what it said behind the white out. But with God, with the blood of Jesus, you can't, it's not there no more. It's like it was never there anymore. He said, I cast it as far from east to west. He said, I threw it in the sea of forgetfulness. Did you know that when you are really in Jesus, your past sins are taken care of, your present sins are taken care of, and your future sins is taken care of? Why? Because he covered it in the blood. But wait a minute, it don't stop there. Notice what happened with this servant. Though he was forgiven, it did not affect his heart. You know why? He goes out and finds other people that owes him money, something like $20. And the scripture says that he begins to bring punishment on them. And he began to show out. You know what this is saying to you and me? If you really recognize what the Lord has done for you, how good he's been, how faithful he is, how merciful he is, if you really recognize how, 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 how he loves you, that it will make a change in your heart that you begin to live in overflow. Ah, uh, hold on now. Hold on. Even though he was forgiven, it did not affect him in his heart. He did not receive it. Let me give you another example. Judas, three and a half years with Jesus and did not see him. The blessing was right there. The, the anointing was right there. He even cast out demons. The anointing was on him, but he did not see Jesus. How in the world you could be in the presence of God, you could be in the presence of Jesus and not see him. I can say today that sometimes we're right up in the church every Sunday. We're walking in his blessing. We're walking in forgiveness and don't see him because we will allow other things to take our attention. Oh, oh, we need to set our eyes on him. Turn to him and say, set your eyes on Jesus. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. It's him. It's him. It's him. Listen. Listen, he says, call him back. Call the one that I've forgiven and he has an unforgiving heart. He says, he says, get him to the torture. Let me explain what this means. Whatever we don't give to our Lord Jesus Christ out of our heart, it becomes your Lord. It becomes an avenue for Satan to launch attacks. Oh, y'all need to hear me. If you don't give him, Satan will steal your peace. He will steal your joy. You can actually be saved and messed up in fear because you're still holding on to things you should have let go of. You cannot allow the disappointments of life 
to, to, to make you respond or hold in your heart that. My, my, I, listen, I don't, how can I say this? I'm so glad I know at least a measure of his peace, a measure of his joy. See, once you taste it, you don't want to give it back. Once you taste it, you will fight to keep it. Once you taste it, ain't nothing like Jesus. Once you taste it, you will not worry about what people think. Once you taste it, you're not critical, you're not criticizing. My question is, oh, I don't want to hear this question, but I'm going to say it anyway. People can tell what you're full of. Oh, you may think you're fooling somebody, but whatever your heart is full of, it overflows into other people. If you haven't forgiven, you are unforgiving to other people. If you haven't accepted the forgiveness of the Lord, you are critical of people. You know, if you're the type of person and you need to ask family, do they see you full of love or do they see you full of criticism? Do they see you full of Jesus or do they hate to see you coming? You need to ask your family, how do they see you? Because your heart comes, your heart your heart overflows with whatever is full of. Can't, it, it, it's just a fact. It's just the way it is. Luke 6, 45 says this. Luke, Gospel of Luke chapter 6, 45. He says, a good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth what is good. You know what he's saying? You will, what will come if your heart is good, that's a born-again spirit, that's someone full of the Holy Spirit, what will come out of them is goodness. They will bring forth the character of Jesus. You will sense the presence of God on them. That's because their heart, they have allowed Jesus to fill their heart. Listen, you can be a Christian and not do that, not experience that, because you're not allowing him to fill your heart. You are still holding on to junk. You can't tell me God's going to bless our junk. You can't tell me. Listen, there's a common grace between God is good to everybody. And as a child, there's a certain amount of grace that God's going to give you. But you won't have it in overflowing in your own life. How can I say this? I'm just, I'm just going to say The blessing starts with inside of you. And we determine how much of it we want to walk in. Hallelujah. Listen, we, we determine how we're going to walk, how much we're going to be filled up, and sometimes we're not willing to pay the cost to be overflowing in his grace. Sometimes we are allowing everything else to take what he wants. But my brothers and sisters, how can I say this? Don't be jealous of non-believers who looks like that they are benefiting now. 
Oh, I know we all been there. I know we all been. Here you are trying to do the best you can, and they're like they prosper for the moment. <laughs> for the moment. Keep on walking. Keep on trusting. Keep on depending on God. See, see, seeds don't come up right away. And Satan will bless his children, a kind of bless, but it laced with suicide. It's destruction. Jesus says this. He says, he says, the people of the world know how to work their system. They know how to get over. They know how to do what they do in this world system. Better, much better than the children of God. And, and I think that hit the emphasis is this. He said, they know how to work it the worldly way, but it's going to destroy them. And I think what he's really saying is, but we don't know how to do what we need to do with him. We don't know how to walk in the blessings of God. We don't know how to trust him at his word. He said, I set before you blessings and curse. He said, I set before you life and death. He said, choose life. I commend you. Just trust me at my word. Do what I tell you. I know sometimes it don't feel good. I know sometimes it looks like you're losing. I know it seems like you're waiting too long. But, you know, faith is in the waiting. Did you hear that? The, your faith is in the waiting. Your faith enables you to trust God at his word when it looks like you're losing, when it don't feel good, when you got tears running down your cheek. Faith it makes you trust God and treat your enemies with kindness. Because whatever you give out is coming back. It's coming back. And if you want to be blessed, then bless somebody else. Be good to somebody else. Be merciful to somebody else. Listen, if you, wherever you send out there, it's coming back. My question is what you sending out there. Many of us have, we act just like the world and we wonder where God is. God is wondering why we don't trust him. His word has to take first place in our life. I'm going to say something that many of us are not going to understand. He is his word and his word is him. He is his word, and his word is him, and he blesses his word. So if you walk in his word, your blessing is coming. It will chase you down. Hallelujah. You got to make your spirit sensitive. That when you step out of bounds, you feel convicted and you just say, Lord, sorry, and you correct your attitude. Oh, 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 we ought to be shifting all the time, changing all the time. Why? Because he's trying to make us more like Jesus. He said, you are light and salt on the earth. That means that somebody ought to see you. Somebody ought to see me, ought to see the love in us.
the mercy in us, the grace in us, and they want what we got because they see Christ being manifest, overflowing from our cup. Hold on now. If he's flowing through you, then you're going to get wet. Oh, shucky, shucky, shucky now. And when you get wet, there's a satisfaction. There's a joy. There's an overflowing that you can't help but praise him. You can't help but say, Lord, you've been good to me. Lord, you keep loving me. Lord, I stand, I stand, I stand in all of you. The more I give out, the more you pour in. Lord, it's you. We speak and we act out of what fills our heart. I don't care what you say out of your mouth. If you're not, if you're not talking and walking what you talk, then you're not full of the Lord. You're not full of the Spirit. A man had a class, had this big jar, this big jar, and he put good-sized rocks in it and filled it up to the top. And he asked the class, is it full? They said, yeah, it's full. He said, no, it's not. They said, yes, it is. Then he took some marbles, poured the marbles in this big jar. And the marbles filled in more space than the rocks because the rocks left a whole lot of space. And he said, it is full. And the student said, yeah, it's full now. He said, you sure it's full? He said, yeah, it's full. I see it. It's full of rocks. It's full of marbles. He said, but I tell you, it's not full yet. He took a bucket of sand and began to pour the sand. And the sand filled up to the top. And the class said, yeah, it's full now. It, I don't see no space. He said, but it's not full. Let me prove it. He took a big bucket of water. And the water began to fill the space that the sand didn't fill. And he said, now it's full. I want you to know that he wants to fill us with the Holy Spirit. See, rocks got too much space for us to act like us. Marbles leave too much space for us to still have a bad attitude. See, sand is not even enough to, to get into the crevices of our personality. But when you open up your heart and allow God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will flow in you and God will keep on pouring till it overflows, till it overflows on everybody around you. It will overflow on your family. It will overflow on your children. It will overflow on your husband and wife. See, God wants us to live in overflow. Listen to what he says in Luke chapter 16. In 6, he said that, he said, whatever you give, Whatever it is that you give, it will be given back to you. Listen, bad or good, he said, it will be given back to you. He said, he said it will be pressed down, shaken together, running over. 
He says, because wherever the, me, the measure that you pour out, the importance or the, or the degree that you pour out will be the degree that I'll pour in. Did you know that you control your blessing? You control your blessing by how much you pour out or how little you pour out to other people. I got a question to ask. Is Jesus your source? Is Jesus your everything? Is Jesus not just the resource, but he's the source? I want you to know that it's all about Jesus. And when you ask him to fill your cup to overflowing, that you begin to live an overflowing life and people will get blessed by your coming. People will say there's something about her. There's something about him. Oh, there's joy. There's peace. There's love. Let me ask you, are you so full of Jesus that people, when they see you coming, they see Jesus coming? Are people glad or sad to be around you? My question is, how you affect other people? You know if you're full of Jesus when people are blessed by your presence. I wonder, are people blessed by your presence? And if they're blessed by your presence, you know you blessed because there's a presence of Jesus. If it's flowing through you, it got to be in you and you can't help There's an anointing that got your name on it. It's supernatural. Your satisfaction is in him. Your significance is in him. The healing of your womb is in him. You're not going to find it no place else. Not a title, not your job. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Since he died for us, he rose for us. God is not going to allow anything or anybody else to take his place in our lives. Peter, why did you take your eyes off of me? When you had your eyes on me, you was walking in the supernatural. The last chapter in Mark said that we shall walk on serpents, dragons. He said even demons you will walk over. When you keep your eyes on him. To those that are watching me virtually, to those that are here. Do you know him? Have you discovered he's all that and more? What are you or who are you expecting to fill your cup to overflowing? You know what I discovered? Until you experience it, you don't think it's real. Those that know it's real and have experienced it, they know it's real, and they want more. But if you have not opened up your heart, if you have not fully trusted him 
as your healer, you really don't know. I've been on both sides. And I'm telling you, it's Jesus. It's him. That number, 451.31. If you accept Jesus, call him. Call that number. They will get back with you. It's asking Jesus in your heart. Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I give my life to you. Forgive me. If you're a Christian, then say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit till my cup is overflowing. Let's pray. Father, even now as I speak to those that are in the house, those outside of the house, those that are viewing me virtually, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, we need you. And many of us thank we got you, but we haven't fully allowed you to fill our cup. We got rocks. We got marbles. It's sad, but we haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to fill every crescent of our being. Lord, we need an overflow. We need you to so pour in our life that it would make such a change, such a difference that we won't even recognize ourselves. So, Lord, even now, help us to trust you more. Help us to believe you more. Today, Lord, you pour in. Today, Lord, let our cup run over. Today, Lord, you be the center point of our very existence in life. Even now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. I thank you for joining us. Same time next week. I pray that this message will fill you, overflow you, that something is happening even now. Hallelujah. Be blessed and walk with Jesus and know he's everything. He's the source. Praise him is going to come.